Man Tools is brought to you by EXO Auto Works, Colorado Springs' home of the $30 synthetic blend oil change. Includes up to five quarts and standard filter. Additional oil and specialty filters extra. Includes tire rotation and vehicle inspection. Also, $225 front or rear disc brakes. Includes new pads and rotors. Applies to most vehicles. Call now, 719-375-3232 or visit exoautoworks.com to make your appointment. Enharmonic Studios. Enharmonic Studios is a hybrid digital analog facility designed to be quality and affordable to anyone who wants to make history. They have all the tools to help you with your audio and production needs. From tracking demos to full CD productions, reamping, mixing, mastering, and more. Want your VHS to DVD or your old cassettes and records to CD? They do that too. Whatever your needs, they can help. Call today, 719-963-2020, or go to facebook.com slash enharmonicstudios and let them know you found out about them through Man Tools for a special discount. Morty on the Move. Morty on the Move is a killer show that highlights the Southern Colorado music scene by bringing you a live performance and interview from a different band every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Tune in at facebook.com slash Morty's page or go there after our show to see what you've been missing. Madrid Maintenance, besides being our partner for Give Mom a Hand, our community outreach program, Madrid Maintenance offers excellent handyman services in the Colorado Springs area like sprinklers, light fixtures, electrical, plumbing, disposal and softener installs, drywall, doors, paint, flooring and tile, appliance installs, and more, starting at just $35 an hour. You can reach them by phone at 719-963-2020 or online at facebook.com slash madridmaintenance. Tell them Mantool sent you for a special discount. Thank you all for joining us. None of us will ever forget this day. Until we've achieved our mission, none of these demands were met. Video monitors. We are stronger than ever, and we will prove it to the world. Thank you all for coming. Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, welcome to Man Tools. I am Trevor Lane, and as you see right now, Eric Madrid is not here, but he will be. Um, as you know, Man Tools rule number one is work comes first. And uh, Eric uh, had a client call him, uh, said, <laughs> "My gutter is draining into my basement. It's a lovely rainy day here in Colorado Springs, uh, so I'm not exactly surprised by something like that." But um, you know. Uh, he's got to handle it because work comes first. So as soon as he's done, he will head over here and, um, hopefully he'll be here soon. Uh, in the meantime, another rule, I don't know if it's a man tools rule, but, uh, it's the show must go on. So we're going to press on without him uh, until he gets here. So, uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, as always, 
you can uh, call into the show to join the conversation at 719-285-9863. It's been a killer week for me. Uh, I just got back from vacation. Uh, Carolyn and I celebrated our first anniversary uh, by going on a vacation to beautiful Estes Park, Colorado. We got to do a lot of fun stuff there. We went fishing. Uh, We ended up with five fish, which was awesome um, and tasty. Some uh, beautiful rainbow trout out of Lake Estes. And um, we uh, got to take the tour of the Stanley Hotel. Not the spooky nighttime one, but uh, (laughs) one that uh, gave us some insight into some fun facts, uh, some things that you don't realize about uh, The Shining, which, of course, it's very famous for. Um, the, uh, the Shining book, uh, a big part of it was inspired by a stay that Stephen King had there. And um, it was an interesting story. The room, the famous room from the book is 217. And um, apparently that's uh, kind of the hub of some of the supernatural type stuff that happens there. Um, most likely linked to a nasty explosion that, uh, happened. Um, and, uh, I don't know, some, some interesting stuff. Um, I guess the original thought that he had for the book was an author comes in to be the caretaker during the off season at an amusement park and the rides come to life and harass his family. Um, he, after staying there had, I guess during the night had a nightmare that the fire hoses, uh, old school canvas fire hoses that they had, uh, throughout the hallways. Um, he had a dream that one of those came to life and started like boa constricting his, uh, his young son. And he changed the story to, uh, a recovering alcoholic author and his family, uh, become caretakers during the off season for a hotel. And now the reality of course, uh, is a lot different. The Stanley is actually not terribly isolated. Um, and even in really bad winters, especially in modern times, you can get to some kind of help. Um, but uh, anyways, the book ended up, uh, being what it was big, uh, hit for him. And, um, and then later Stanley Kubrick, of course, made the famous movie. Uh, and I guess really irritated Stephen King because he ended up shooting it the exteriors at a hotel in Oregon or Washington state somewhere in the Northwest. And, uh, the interiors were all just, uh, movie sets. Um, so, and then of course, Stephen King went back and did the mini series actually at the Stanley. Um, and, uh, yeah, mini series, I don't think was as good, but it was pretty cool to see. Uh, we, we ended up watching the mini series, uh, after we got home from the tour and it was, pretty cool to see places that you had just been in something that was on TV. So that was kind of neat. Um, but it was, it was a blast. So a nice little recharge of the batteries. And now we're getting back to our normal routines here. Uh, which means, uh, I guess we're going to start with, uh, the news. So let's check out what's in the, uh, the news for this week here on man tools.
All right, so this week in the news, we're starting off with, uh, uh, like a lot of times, something that falls into the category of cool stuff. This is a tool called the Drywall Axe. And you'll see, uh, A, why they call it an axe, and B, all the cool stuff you can do with it for drywall. Drywall Axe. Measure. Mark. Cut. The Drywall Axe is a time-saving three-in-one cutting tool designed for safety, ease, accuracy, and versatility. Easily measure. So you see, it's not really an axe. It just kind of looks like an axe once you have that tape measure out. But uh, it's a clever name. Mark and cut with one tool that can withstand the demands of contractor use. With its built-in heavy-duty measuring tape and secure lock, retractable utility blade, and solid grip, the drywall axe makes it easy to get professional results in less time. No more measuring twice and then cutting. Now you can measure and cut in one easy step. Simply pinpoint the start and determine the width required, then lock it down. Physically transfer your measurement and accurately score your material in a straight and consistent line using the built-in tape measure guide. The durable ABS head and rubberized handle help to maximize the balance and control, giving you a straight, predictable, and precise cut on a variety of building materials. There's a built-in holder for a carpenter's pencil for added Ooh. versatility, repetitive tasks, or quickly measuring a full-length rip cut. The drywall axe isn't just for drywall. It's useful for anything from the floor of a basement to the roof of a home. It's ideal for floor tile, carpet, linoleum, wood flooring, insulation, wood paneling, hanging pictures and blinds, cutting fabric, foam board, vinyl siding, plywood, ceiling tile, roof shingles, and so much more. Keep it on wow. hand to use as a measuring tape or utility knife. The drywall axe uses standard utility blades and comes with four extra blades that store conveniently in the handle. The drywall axe weighs less than a pound and has a sleek design. Save precious storage space by replacing your old tools. Available now at Amazon.com or visit thedrywallaxe.com to find a store near you. All right, so uh, I think we'll put a link up to that, uh, at least in the description of this video, uh, <clears throat> if not actually on our website. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, pretty neat tool. I'm sure Eric will be picking up one as soon as he can. Uh, up next, we have uh, <laughs> an interesting story. You know, a lot of, uh, I hate to beat the dead horse, but it seems like the horse won't die. Um, again, there's a lot of stuff uh, going on with uh, this idea of toxic masculinity. And I, I have to admit, I bought the clickbait on this. And then once I read it, it was like, oh, okay, that's not really what's going on. Um, but... Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting my stories crossed. Um, so this is a, a story from a site that I typically like, but I'm not a big fan of this story. Uh, this is from the Good Man Project, and they're saying why men should stop trying to be manly. Um, so this uh, this starts out with like some you know little thoughts that sometimes people have, or men in particular. Maybe I should try smoking more cigars. Maybe I should buy some guns. No, maybe I could buy a bottle of whiskey and drink it straight. That would surely do the trick. I wish I could grow a decent beard. <clears throat> uh, and goes on to say how, you know, you're not always plagued by intrusive thoughts about your lack of masculinity. But sometimes when you're around other guys, 
you know, the ones that portray kind of the classic idea of manliness, it can make you feel a little less than, uh, and maybe make you think you should become more manly, more confident, more handsome, more approachable, funnier, smoother with the ladies or whatever. Um, and he goes on to say, how? Well, stop by cutting the crap. First off, <clears throat> why do men think about growing, uh, think growing a beard or building muscles makes them more manly? Well, I'm not going to go too much into his answer. His answer is kind of misses the answer. Um, the fact of the matter is that there are certain traits that are associated with masculinity and have been since the beginning of time. Uh, things like being strong, uh, having a beard, uh, it's just like a lion's mane. Um, no one, none of the lionesses, uh, <laughs> are going to look at a lion with a scraggly, you know, can't grow a good mane and find that terribly attractive. Uh, now obviously we're not quite lions. Um, you know, his, this author's answer is that, uh, it's the same reason that women wear makeup or wear push-up bras and high heels. Uh, in other words, it gives them a uh, the same sense of satisfaction from smoking a cigar as a woman feels by putting on red lipstick. Well, that may be part of it, but I, like I said, I think a bigger part of it is that uh, we're evolutionarily programmed to see certain things as masculine traits. Um, this guy goes on to say how kind of the picture of manliness that we have now wasn't always what was seen as manly. Uh, for example, he says that uh, <clears throat> there was a time where it was in fashion for men to wear high heels. Okay. Um, King Louis apparently was one of the guys that started that trend. And, of course, he was in the picture at the top of the article um, <clears throat> with the, you know, as they call them, big wigs. Um, all right. Uh, another unusual thing is that uh, in ancient Greece, a small penis was desirable while a big penis was seen as uh, barbaric or foolish. Okay. Um, also, homosexuality and bisexuality were very uh, trendy things in ancient Rome. Uh, and that pink was not considered uh, a woman's color. It was actually considered a man's color before 1940. Uh, and I recall reading something about this. I guess before the 40s, Pink was actually the color for baby boys because it was a uh, calmer shade of red, which was seen as a masculine color. Well, what changed? Well, he starts with what didn't change was men. Fundamentally, we're the same as 50, 100 years ago. Okay, I can, I can buy that. But then he points this out. Evolution doesn't happen that fast, which is why I think even when Louis XIV had his wigs and high heels and tight socks um, that bordered on pantyhose. Uh, <laughs> anyone that saw someone with a beard would think, wow, that guy's probably pretty tough. And they'd be right. He probably would be pretty tough compared to some rich asshole that uh, can get their hair done in a wig and, you know, powder their face and uh, all that other kind of silly stuff. And I think, uh, you know, the article spirit is uh, commendable. Basically, you shouldn't try to be someone that you're not, which I can totally agree with. Uh, but 
I don't know that uh, the idea that you shouldn't try to be manlier is necessarily a bad pursuit. So, nice try, Good Men Project. I think you kind of missed the mark a little bit, though. So, um, moving on to something kind of more modern that we keep hearing, toxic masculinity. CM Punk, uh, once upon a time WWE wrestler. Uh, now, this is the one that I, I was saying earlier. I bought the uh, clickbait headline uh, where it says, CM Punk talks about the tos- toxic masculinity mindset in the WWE. Well, if you actually get into what he said, it's not quite it. Uh, of course, the article notes it's been a number of years since uh, CM Punk was in the WWE, uh, and I guess he was speaking at StarCast 3, which I'm presuming is some kind of uh, convention that has to do with uh, you know pop culture, like a Comic-Con or something like that, and includes some wrestling people. Um, <clears throat> anyways, Mr. Punk <laughs> uh, discussed the culture in wrestling uh, when it came time for him uh, getting time off. And he said that the idea uh, to work when you're injured can be traced back to a very old mindset, but that lifestyle is no longer needed. And I'm going to read his whole quote because uh, this is this is where they quoted him, and he doesn't mention toxic masculinity. Uh, he says, I think in wrestling culture, there's a lot of toxic garbage. Okay. Uh, he goes on, I think it's like that with sports across the board. There's always... That push to be the tough guy. Oh, I've got to work hurt. Obviously, in pro wrestling, it's more so because back in the day, if you didn't work, you didn't get paid. It was still very much like that when I was on the road full time. If I missed a house loop, house show loop, uh, which I guess is part of the little tour that they do, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't get a fucking paycheck that week. It's 2019, and I think the sports organizations need to address that. Yes, there's always going to be people who will abuse the system and be like, oh, I'm hurt. But in pro wrestling, there's always this pressure, and it's very real from the office about how, how you have to make these shots. Uh, they make it this massive toxic masculinity thing. All right, I guess there you finally mentioned it. About uh, you have to do this, and look how tough I am. I think that it's really, really stupid, and I think that it gets people hurt, gets people killed, and it's a dangerous thing. Well... I'm not quite sure that uh, it's necessarily a toxic masculinity. It sounds like it's a more of a greed. Uh, the company wants to make money, and if their stars aren't performing, uh, that means that people may be asking for refunds on tickets, especially if you were billed as being somebody that was going to be at a particular show. Um, plus, of course, they get a lot of TV ad revenue. And if they're running TV ads that say, you know, CM Punk is going to be on the next edition of Raw, and he's not, that would obviously be a problem. Uh, I don't disagree that sports organizations need to take a better look at uh, people playing hurt or competing hurt and should probably take some steps to mitigate that. Um, But I'm not sure it's an inherently toxic masculinity thing. It is a toxic thing. Um, But uh, anyways, uh, I think, again, he kind of misses misses the mark with the terminology saying that it's uh, toxic masculinity. I think it's a toxic greed that is a problem here 
Um, and that should change in wrestling. So, uh, if you have any thoughts about it, give us a call 719-285-9863, or you can always, uh, message us on any of our social media. Uh, you can also send texts to that number. So if you're scared to come on the air and actually talk, uh, that's not a problem. Just shoot us a text and I'll read it and we'll talk about it. Uh, up next, this is, a one of those lovely Florida man stories. So as you can see from the headline, Florida man breaks into a house, makes breakfast, and then tells the homeowner to go back to sleep. Um, and they deceive you with what appears to be the promise of a video. Those videos are just ads. Trust me, I watched. So, <laughs> so a burglar broke into a home in Florida earlier this week, but rather than grab any valuables and leave, he cooked himself breakfast, and when the house's occupant discovered the intruder, he told him to go back to sleep. It was sometime after 4 a.m. when Gavin Krim was caught making his meal in a house in Safety Harbor about 15 miles from Tampa Bay. Residents called 911, and deputies from the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office arrived to find Krim, a 19-year-old Marine, <laughs> in a swampy marsh behind the home. According to the arrest report, this is what the most surprising part, officers believe Krim may have been under the influence of alcohol. I would have never guessed. Uh, <laughs> conscientious burglars have been a bit of a thing in Florida this week. On Monday, a woman in Pensacola returned home to discover a man holding a purple Swiffer mop and attempting to clean her house. Uh, shortly after 3 a.m., police responded to a call from a woman claiming a strange man was in her house. The woman who requested anonymity said she had barricaded herself in a back room. When officers arrived, they found Tyler Matthew Smith still holding a Swiffer. Apparently, Smith, who was 33, had already swept up glass he broke to get into the home into a dustpan. It appeared Smith had attempted to clean up the mess. Well, all right. Uh, and apparently, most of these people, <coughs> unsurprisingly, uh, suffer from some issues. Uh, Smith, who has been charged with bar burglary and larceny before, suffers from PTSD and a traumatic brain injury. And uh, his mother theorized that he was actually looking for his uncle's house. So that one's kind of a sad story. But uh, it is unusual to, uh, you know, Florida man just never ceases to amaze. Uh, yeah, that one's a weird one. Just walk into the house and make yourself breakfast. <laughs> um. Up next, we have some fun things in the world of cinema, or a fun thing in the world of cinema. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the movie Bad Boys, and of course, Bad Boys 2. Well, they're coming out with Bad Boys 3, and both of the bad boys are back. Let's check this out. One last time. One last time. We that buffed out no you can get that buffed out remember knock and talk yeah knock knock mighty pd get down what the hell happened to knock and talk hands behind your head right now i got this i'm gonna penetrate this man's soul with my heart 
What? Watch and learn. Sir, I realize that you're scared. You know, sometimes fear. <laughs> How deep you think you got in his soul? I'm done, Mike. I'm retired. Uh-oh, here we go again. You want your legacy to be muscle shirts and body counts? Look at this mess. It's carnage. I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody? Well, come on, Captain. You know I shot some people. Yeah. <laughs> fuck me. Fuck. 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 In these streets, I never trusted anybody but me. I'm asking you. Uh, so far, this definitely looks like it's going to live up to the uh, first two movies. We'll go ahead and keep going with it. Uh, <laughs> boys. One last time. One last time. I'm the definition of half man, half drugs. Ask the clubs, bad boy, that's what's up. He's driving through a mall. We're not just black, we're cops too. We'll pull ourselves over later. <laughs> it's official. I survived what I've been through. Y'all got drama, the saga continues. about the glasses. I've been telling your ass for a year. He can't be stopped now. Shit, Mike. He's in like HD. Cause it's bad for the boss. We ain't going nowhere. Fucking to wall, fucking to wall, fucking to wall. Cause it's bad for the boss. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when we come in? Hey, hey, uh-uh. No. No, never. <laughs> Y'all will never do that again. Yeah, and you fucking up the lyrics, which take a long time to learn. Cause it's bad boys for life. All right, I'm definitely on board with that. <clears throat> Apparently coming out in 2020. Oh, is something actually left? Nope, not really. All right. Yeah, that's that looks awesome. Uh, I like that they're kind of bringing action movies back. Uh, that's cool. And I'm, I don't have an issue with it when it's a sequel like this. Uh, I just don't get when they do the whole reboot thing and it's like, you know, what if we made bad boys, but it was with two white women and that kind of silly shit bugs me with Hollywood and, uh, yeah, but this is, this is a nice return to form for, uh, that franchise and, uh, I will definitely be trying to check this out when, sometime around when it comes out um <clears throat> that is it for the news so i guess uh as we said at the beginning the show must go on we'll get into some uh his story and uh keep on keep it going All right, this week in his story. There we go. That's the picture I want. Um, <laughs> September 6th, 
1901, President William McKinley is shot while attending a reception at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York, by 28-year-old anarchist Leon... I'm not going to butcher this name. Well, I guess I am. Chaz Cholgos? I don't know. Looks Eastern European. Uh, McKinley dies eight days later, and uh, he was the third American president to be assassinated. Uh, Let's see, September 7th, 1813. The earliest known printed reference to the United States by the nickname of Uncle Sam occurs in the Troy Post. Of course, an iconic recruiting poster. Uh, I had one on my wall right after I signed up, so, yep. Let's see. Um, September 8th, 1504, uh, speaking of small penises, Michelangelo's 13-foot marble statue of David is unveiled in Florence, Italy. And again, this was at a time when the culture uh, saw big penises as something barbaric or to be shunned and... So in a, most most of that art from that time, they used to have tiny little peckers, like David. <coughs> uh, let's see, September 10th, eight, uh, 1912, Jules Verdin, I don't know, it's French, V-E-D-R, Vedrin, becomes the first pilot to break the 100-mile-per-hour barrier in a aircraft which was this was a big deal um if you read a bit into uh history especially when it comes to the history of uh transportation and engines and stuff um when the steam engine first came out and there was talk of people going faster than say 20 25 miles an hour which is about what a horse could generally carry you at um, there were actually doctors that thought that people would die. Oh, 50 miles an hour, you're going to die. And then later, of course, we had, you know, ground vehicles that hit that speed and much faster. And, um, and then aircraft. So, and obviously now, uh, aircraft can go faster than the speed of sound. So, and we're, I don't know that it's achievable, but, you know, I guess the next target is the speed of light or something something like that. So um and of course September 11th, 2001 in an unprecedented and highly coordinated attack, uh terrorists hijacked four US passenger airliners, flew two into the World Trade Center towers in New York and one into the Pentagon, killing thousands. The fourth airliner, which was headed toward Washington DC, likely to strike the White House or Capitol, crashed just over 100 miles and 100 miles away in Pennsylvania after the passengers uh, stormed the cockpit and overtook the hijackers. Uh, on a personal note, uh, I was in the Army from 1997 to 2003, and uh, it's a big deal when you're in the military to become a non-commissioned officer, which uh, for the Army... Uh, generally starts when you reach the rank of sergeant. There is there is a corporal rank below that that's actually a, a non-commissioned officer, but um, not a whole lot of people end up in that. But uh, So I was promoted from specialist to sergeant on September 10th, 
2001. And my first duty day as a sergeant was September 11th, 2001. So I immediately got thrown right in the fire. Um, we, uh, I worked at a satellite communications facility at Fort Meade. Um, so it was a, it's a shift work type situation. We run 24-7 ops. And um, I happened to be on the day shift that day on September 11th, 2001, freshly promoted. And um, very quickly, um, we started hearing stuff about, oh, has anybody heard the news? There, A plane hit one of the World Trade Center towers in New York. And of course, at first, we all thought it was an accident. And then the second plane hit, and we realized that it was no, no accident. This was done on purpose. Um, so we, uh, we went into kind of our crisis mode, and um, that was a long day. You want to talk about a long work day? That was a long day. That was the first day where I was being looked to by people, um, not necessarily an age younger than me, but in experience and in rank younger than me, lower than me. Um, for guidance, advice, what do we do? Um, now I, I wasn't alone as far as leadership. There was a, there was a staff sergeant, uh, who was my boss on duty. And, um, I think there was another sergeant too. <clears throat> um, but it was my first day having anyone count on me telling them to do something and having that decision be the right decision and having it actually count because then you know, pretty soon, um, a plane hit, uh, something much closer to us, which was the Pentagon. And, um, that's when we really, you know, were buttoning things down and, um, security became very important after that. Um, but made it through and obviously the whole world was different after that day. But, uh, you know, my experience was, I think, maybe a notch or two above what most people experience that day, um, who just, you know, kind of watch things happen on TV. Um, anyways, of course, you know, uh, been a lot of changes in our world since then. And, um, yeah, day as, uh, <laughs> as president Franklin Roosevelt said about the attack on Pearl Harbor, a day which will forever live in infamy. Uh, let's move on to something a little nicer. Uh, September 12th, 1992, the Space Shuttle, zoom this in a little bit, Space Shuttle uh, Endeavor takes off on NASA's 50th shuttle mission. And uh, what's remarkable about this particular mission, this crew uh, includes, included the first African-American woman in space, the first married couple, and the first Japanese citizen to fly in a U.S. spacecraft. And there's an image of that, that crew. Um, so that has been this week in his story. Well, I really was hoping and thought that Eric would be here by now, but, um, we will carry on. Again, as always, you can call in or text to the show and we will, uh, welcome your input. Uh, you can also chat to us uh, on whichever platform you're on, Twitch, YouTube, Mixer. Uh, I should see it here and uh, can chat back. Um, <clears throat> up next, we're moving into sports. Uh, 
uh, which we actually have a couple of... Oh, I'm sorry. I will be very remiss if I miss this. Up next, uh, we have a premium content announcement. Um, our premium podcast titled So You Had a Kid with Crazy <coughs> is now available on Patreon and Gumroad. And I wanted to give you guys a little uh, preview of some of that. So here's here's a little taste of the uh, So You Had a Kid with Crazy. There we go. Get the right video. Um, some things we're going to touch on is recognizing those warning signs and then avoiding that if possible. Uh, getting out. <laughs> and then if uh, if it comes to it, lawyering up and going to court, uh, minimizing your contact, and if necessary, getting restraining orders. My and, favorite. And then, if all of that fails, you take the low road. Uh, take the low road. Uh, so, <laughs> warning signs. Number one, an emotional roller coaster. Now, just to be fair, we're not talking about every woman out there being an emotional roller coaster. Most women aren't emotional roller nope. coasters. We just say that because, honestly, we're just guys and we don't know what's going on and we didn't know what was wrong in the first place well so and, and with we, this the you know with my yeah. experience it's literally like it's not from day to day it's like from minute moment to minute to moment. whoosh whoosh uh constant drama and if there isn't any she'll create some somehow i love the meme where it says she wakes up she's looking at the guy says what can i fight about with him today <laughs> uh next uh i would highly recommend when you first start dating someone and you go to their house, this sounds shitty, but I'm being dead serious. Look, their medicine Look through cabinet. their medicine cabinet, and if they have any antidepressant, anti-anxiety, anti-psychotic medications, get out right then and there. I'm going to disagree with you. If they have, like, one... I think it depends on what it is. But if they have a cocktail... Oh, yeah, yeah. That might be a take, warning sign. And if you don't know what, what something is, take a picture with your phone and then go look it up on the internet Just later. Googles it. Yeah. Um, if there's a if there's a medicine chest full of antipsychotic medicine, you you might want to give a yourself bad, uh, you know it's a bad sign. Yeah, because um, if you look at my medicine cabinet, I mean it's just it's just full of uh, <laughs> antidepressants, uh, Zoloft, and uh, uh, a ton of Cialis. I mean it's not <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Cialis, I guess, could be considered an antidepressant. <laughs> Made her happy. <laughs> there we go all right so that is available now uh if you are a patron on patreon you can get the video version of that uh if you're in the five dollar uh man tools man or woe man tool or a uh, tier <laughs> uh and the audio is available for uh, all patrons. On Gumroad, if you uh, prefer to just buy things a la carte, uh, the uh, video is available for $2 and the audio is available for $1. And not to toot my own horn, but I think there's a lot of good uh, advice there. Uh, speaking from my own experience that I wish someone had said, hey, this is something you need to watch out for and these are the steps you need to take to get out of there so um 
that is now available. And we'll have links to that, of course, in the description for this um, video, podcast, however you, uh, however you uh, get the show. And um, with that, we will move on to some fun stuff with sports. All right, so this week in sports, uh, this is a fun little story. Um, this comes from the World Arm Wrestling League, and uh, this is a cool little match where uh, this 79-year-old man wins against a young kid. So never underestimate that old man strength and experience is the lesson here. So the young guy on the right there is, I mean, he is trying to work it <clears throat> and of course typically you think youth is the advantage in something like this but uh, sometimes it's more about knowing what to do than just having raw strength although it looks like that old man had plenty of raw strength And so uh, I guess the, the older guy, his name is uh, Norm Devio, um, and he's a legend in the sport, <laughs> and apparently will kick your ass. And there he is in action. Um, now we go to the world of powerlifting. Uh, this is pretty cool. So just days after breaking the world record for his weight class, uh, Michael Estrella uh, <laughs> PR to deadlift at 700 pounds. So I guess uh, over the previous weekend, um, he earned uh, two all-time records for his deadlift and total, which uh, his, I'm trying to see what it says, his weight class is. So he's in the 148-pound class, so fairly tiny guy. Uh, but he deadlifted four and a half pounds times his body weight for 668 in this contest, which we'll show uh, some highlights here. This is next level up right here. Come on, let's go! Hold it. Damn. Made that look pretty easy. Um, well... Uh, <clears throat> so a few years later, or a few days later, um, he pretty casually pulled, uh, about 30 pounds more than that and got a 700. And I guess, uh, prior to the contest, his, uh, his coach was asking him, well, do you think you got 700 in you? And, um, he's like, for the contest, he was kind of like, ah, I'm not sure. Now it's definite. Yes. Come on. Let's go. Ah! 
made that look easy too. Jeez Louise. And that has to be more like a five times his body weight. So good on him. Fucking uh, Michael Estrella. Fucking killer. Um, and last but not least in in sports, I've got some sad news. Uh, anyone in the uh, strength sports fans of the sport or whatever know uh, <coughs> legendary coach Glenn Pendley. Uh, of course, if you study lifts, uh, he's credited with inventing the Pendley row, although as he always said it, uh, it's just a proper form row. And um, <laughs> he was just correcting the bad form that he kept seeing, and people called it the Penley row. Uh, but on September 5th, 2019, uh, he, at the age of 48, Glenn Penley lost his battle with cancer. Um, Glenn uh, was very famous uh, coaching Olympic weightlifting, um, but he actually started in powerlifting and then got convinced to change to uh, weightlifting um, and convinced and uh, coached athletes in weightlifting since the mid-90s uh, and coached multiple athletes at the, uh, at the very top level uh, <clears throat> in that sport um, as one of the people that... Uh, that actually was coached by him said, uh, you literally gave the shirt off your back for anyone who needed it and always put the sport of weightlifting first. That came from Tom Soroka on his passing. Um, Penley uh, played a major role in the growth of a lot of stuff. Um, Muscle Driver USA uh, was where he developed a Penley product line to improve weightlifting strength equipment and bring more athletes into the sport. And like I said, he had a barbell row variation named after him. Uh, needless to say, Penley's legend will live on for years, not just in weightlifting, but uh, you know, powerlifters uh, often bring in that uh, that row variation and even bodybuilders. Um, but uh, here's a great quote from him. Uh, people bitch and moan about being unable to make progress in the gym. Many of these people do not keep a training log. I would tell these people that their problem is not a physical one, it is a mental one. So he was a huge believer in the mental battle in the gym. And uh, anyways, rest in peace, Glenn Penley. And with that, that's our show. Uh, Pretty short one tonight. Um, Hopefully Eric uh, (laughs) is able to safely fix the problem that uh, he was going to um, uh, try to take care of for his client. Uh, as he said on the phone to me, hopefully I don't get electrocuted in this basement. And, uh, I'm praying and hoping that that's not what happened as well. But, uh, Eric definitely should be back next week. Uh, we'll both be back next week and we'll have a great free show for you next week as well. Um, As always, thanks to our sponsors, EXO Autoworks and Harmonic Studios, Madrid Maintenance, and Morty on the Move. And most importantly, thanks to you for watching us or listening to us. If you'd like to support Man Tools, uh, of course, you can join our Patreon for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash mantoolsmedia. It gives you access to premium content like our Remodel Your Dating Life or 
So you had a kid with crazy. Both of those are available now. Uh, of course, you can buy merch at mantoolsmedia.threadless.com, including our work comes first, which uh, is apt this evening. Uh, you can buy ex- uh, premium content also at gumroad.com uh, slash mantoolsmedia. You can support the podcast on Anchor for as little as 99 cents a month. And we always encourage you to donate or nominate to Give Mom a Hand. Uh, you just follow the link on our website. And uh, if you own a business and would like to advertise with us, you can also find us on our website, mantoolsmedia.com. Click on the Advertise link, and you can do that for as little as $2 a month. So uh, with that, we will see you next week. Same man time, same man channel. Good night, everybody. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying.